0: Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride post-game show. He's up to the near side at the 45. Pushes by the wall. 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Kansas City. Byron Pringle. And the weekday home for Andy Reid, Mitch Holtus, Derek Johnson, and Patrick Mahomes. Fires it to
1: Edelman and drops it. off of Edelman and picked by the Honey Badger. Pick six.
0: Six. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: Guns it long for the end zone. Wide open touchdown. Kansas City.
0: It's a home run to Tyreek Hill. Here's Jay Binkley.
2: Ah, uh, yes. Let's have fun tonight. Jay Binkley, Kramer, zone producing the operation. The Chiefs go into Thanksgiving week to the bye week as they sit currently the fourth seed in the AFC. My health, things change with this team. Four-game winning streak, move to seven and four on the season. Relatively healthy team. I'll get into the slight injuries they had today. Not very bad, but the healthy team will get healthier now with two weeks break for the Kansas City Chiefs. Before, six games left, four of them in the division where Andy Reid is 32-6 and six. since 2015. Chiefs are in a great place. We look at this three-game stretch at a time with Green Bay, the Raiders, Dallas. What are you going to be after those three games? Well, they're 3-0 after those three games. And I get it. There are some guys missing along the way like Aaron Rodgers. Today, like Amari Cooper. But here's the bottom line. In the NFL, you have to have depth and you don't make excuses. The only thing that really matters are W's and L's because... The next year, the year after, you look back at the score. Oh, the Chiefs beat the Packers. Oh, the Chiefs beat the Cowboys. You know, nobody really cares about excuses. Just like the Chiefs fumbling the ball at the 34-yard line, handing the Baltimore Ravens, who barely got by in a win today as they've been doing that the entire season get their seventh win. Nobody wants to bring that up. But you'll hear them bring up the Green Bay game without Aaron Rodgers. You'll hear them bring up Amari Cooper not playing in this game. But you don't hear about the four turnovers against the Chargers. How the Chiefs put that on a plate, a silver plate right in front of them. You don't hear that stuff. You only hear about who's not playing against Kansas City Chiefs. So the bottom line, a win's a win. But it's time to celebrate this defense. Steve Spagnola, what he's doing to this defense. The addition of Melvin Ingram. Guys like Jaron Reed showing up at the stack lately because Melvin Ingram is kind of helping him out. I mean, I'll go back to last week when Jaron Reed got that sack. It was Melvin Ingram drawing a double team. You know, he's been instrumental. How about Chris Jones? Three and a half sacks today. Jaren Reed got the other half sack on that. Or it would have been four sacks from Chris Jones. He was simply dominating that Dallas defensive line. A lot like Micah Parsons was doing for the Cowboys. It was Chris Jones on the Kansas City Chiefs. Frank Clark, you know, looked healthy getting back to the quarterback. He looked good tonight, the defensive line. The whole defense looked good. Defensive backs looked good as well. The Chiefs in their last four games – giving up a total of 11.7 points per game, 11.75 in the last four. That'll play, that'll win. Now the offense, they weren't the offense like you saw last week against the Raiders, the 41, the 14 win. There's a lot of, well, the, the offense is fixed. Look at them. They, you know, Mahomes out there with five touchdowns. They look good. Well, this Cowboys team is good team. You know, 10th in scoring defense, the Dallas Cowboys. Mark Cooper doesn't play defense. Tyron Smith, the tackle. Doesn't play defense. I get it. Randy Gregory wasn't in the game. they are gonna get Lawrence back. That's the NFL, man. You're through 11 weeks. You're gonna have injuries. How good is your depth? Because you're all. You aren't a good football team unless you have depth. If you're if you're playing with just the guys on the front line, you're a paper tiger. You've got to be able to win with depth, unless your quarterback is out. And obviously, that's the most important uh, position on the football field. But the Chiefs are doing it. She's still leading this division. The Chargers playing the Steelers right now, trying to get to their seventh win. But the Chiefs aren't dead. Again, I never thought the Chiefs went anywhere. The whole they're back. Now they've been here. They just went through a little bit of a, 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 a troubling stretch. Because going to a Tennessee game, they were the second highest uh efficient offense in NFL history. Over three points per drive. Hell, come in this game, they were two point six one. Points per drive. Fourth in the NFL, despite their struggles offensively. The defense held this Cowboys offense that was averaging 2.64 points per drive. That's third in the NFL. Scoring offense, the Dallas Cowboys number one in the NFL. 31.6 points per game. Their passing offense was fourth in the NFL. Their run offense was fourth in the NFL. It was the Kansas City Chiefs getting over 100 yards on the ground as Clyde Edwards-Alaire activated yesterday like I thought he would be because these are Saturday-type moves when you take somebody off the iron. That's what the NFL's waiting for. You don't get a full week to prepare for somebody. No, you put them on Saturday. But 5.3 yards per carry with Clyde, that's what you can ask for. 126 yards rushing for the Chiefs, 82 for the vaunted Dallas Cowboys running attack. It was fourth in the NFL. So if you're going to say, well, Amari Cooper didn't play, that's a receiver, okay? But only 82 yards rushing for the Cowboys. This was a statement win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Not only that, they get the bye week coming forward. But it's a feel-good game nonetheless because everybody's waiting for that. Even Chris Jones said after the game, you know, people talk. You know, "Ah, look, they uh, barely beat the Packers. Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing. Well, those are the breaks. There's no crying in football. Those are the breaks. Chiefs get the win. Chiefs are undefeated in the month of, the, of, of November. Again, for the next w- six weeks after the bye week against the AFC West. The first two games out of the shoot for the Chiefs, home games at Arrowhead against the Broncos and the Raiders. But the Chiefs are having fun. They have that fun feeling back. And this defense is making that turnaround. A lot like we saw week nine of 2019 at halftime against the Chargers. They had over 300 yards of offense in the first half. Chiefs held them to 100 yards in the second half. They came alive. They were putting pressure on the quarterback. The Chiefs only had 14 sacks on the season coming into tonight. That's it, 14. They had five this afternoon against the Dallas Cowboys. Putting pressure, stripping the football, forcing Dak Prescott in the turnovers. The defense is playing extremely well. Steve Spagnuolo deserves a lot of credit because this defense has really got the Chiefs win. Some we didn't think we'd say early in the season. But I was perplexed because this is the defense I saw in St. Joe and training camp. It was a confident defense. I loved the way they were playing. And by the way, the Chiefs were 18th against the run going into today's game. And that's only going to climb up more as the Cowboys just get 82 yards rushing. Seemed in preseason when the defense was playing, when the other starters were playing, like against Arizona. You know that team that's on a nice roll when they had Kyler Murray? Didn't get a first down until the end of this first half. But finally, start, they're starting to play defensively. And it's good because they're carrying them through. It's like baseball. The hitting's going, but maybe the pitching's not starting pitching. But the offense is carrying them. Then the offense goes in a slump, but the starting pitching is carrying the Kansas City Chiefs. But this is a feel-good moment for the Chiefs. This is sending shockwaves around the AFC. Because I'll tell you this much about the AFC. There's a lot of trash, a lot of garbage in the AFC. There's not one team you can point to and say, that's the best team in the AFC. I've contended all along the Chiefs are at least the second best team in the AFC. The Titans lost to the Texans today. Their resume has lost to the Jets, losses to the Texans. I get it. They beat the Chiefs. But they have no Derrick Henry. How far is that team going to go? Baltimore squeaks by with the victory today. They get seven wins. The Patriots are the team people should be watching the AFC. They're 7-4 and four and looking damn good. The Steelers, they're playing the Chargers tonight. The Bengals got a win against the Raiders in the AFC West. As the Raiders continue their, sl- <clears throat> their slide into obscurity. The Broncos didn't play. Had the bye week this week. And then... And those Buffalo Bills are the seventh seed right now in the AFC. Who would have thought that was coming if they were bombed today by the Indianapolis Colts? Again, this AFC struggling was perfect for the Chiefs. They could go through their struggles, go through a bit of their slump, but yet still be right in it because no one in the AFC wants the crown. They don't. The Kansas City Chiefs, four straight, nobody wants to play them. Nobody wants to play them see what they did against Dallas today? If this defense is playing good, because you know the offense, it could be just a quick second before this offense turns around. They did against the Raiders, and they could go off at any time. Yes, they got in the end zone twice today. The Cowboys did not get into the end zone. It's unbelievable. The Chiefs forcing teams to settle for field goals. It was a good feeling. Yes, the Chiefs missed the field goal on their own. Nice little punt there by Harrison Butker. They thought he was going to go for that field goal. He decides to punt it, pins them back. Dallas just didn't have the timeouts to go forward. But the Kansas City defense was incredible today. I want to hear from you. How are you feeling now about the Chiefs? Because you were pretty excited last week. Pretty excited after that Raiders game, as you should have been. Because the offense looked great, but this defense, man, if this defense could continue to play like this, keep doggy pedaling away till that offense you know, finally clicks and becomes that force that we know it can be, Things are good for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs win the turnover battle 3-2 to today over the Dallas Cowboys. That's good when the Chiefs are on the plus side of the turnover battle. They've been been improving on it. They were were, um, minus 8, 30th in the NFL. They're going to be climbing. Dallas plus 5. But yet, Dallas lost the turnover battle to the Chiefs. And ultimately, it decided this game. Let's go hear from you now. Silverstein Night Center's hotline.
0: Let's go no huddle.
1: 40, 35, 30, Cheetah at full speed, 10 to the
0: 5-yard line. You play and press, the Cheetah will run you all the way around the earth. Taking your calls now at 913-576-7610.
2: That's right, 913-576-7610 is the phone number. It's also the J-Southland Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610. Let's go to KCK. And here from our man Dan. What's up, Dan?
3: Good evening, things That was a dominant performance by the Chiefs tonight by Chris Jones. Three and halfbacks played like a beast. And, uh, and Trevorius Ward with that. Uh, the, and then, of the close uh, and, uh, the interception, you know. And uh, Willie Gay just missing that pick six, Bink. That was real. He was right in front of it. I, I'm surprised he just. He, he was right in front of it. He just got right past me. He was really disgusted with himself that he didn't get that pick six. But anyway, great defensive performance. And the offense did just enough. And uh, I was going to ask you, Bink, do you think that uh, Clyde Eldreary should have deserved that penalty. I don't think he should have. You know, he just pointed. So, I don't know. What do you you think about that? Well,
2: you know what? No, I I hate the taunting rule. I do. He did point. The whole thing with with Fenton, you know, I I disagreed with that one. At least he came back with the face mask on that one. I hate the taunting rule. I mean, he's got to be so cautious. He's got to be so disciplined not to do it because these officials are ready to call it. They're ready to call the taunt on anything. And, man, you don't want to cost your team 15 yards. So, yeah, yeah, that that is something to watch in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, Clyde, anytime you point, you're going to get it. Let's go to Steven Lenex. What's up, Steve?
3: Hey, Bank, this was a really nice win. You know, with all the garbage in the AFC, maybe we'll get to the Super Bowl. We probably won't win it. Um, but the great Joe Buck made a, made a point that uh, – that Patrick Mahomes is kind of holding us back from greatness. A fabulous defensive point, but uh, he sits at the line of scrimmage and he can't—he can't decide whether to do a check down or throw a, a home run ball. I think the Fox Four poll was correct. There, there's a, uh, a petition to to bench Patrick Mahomes because he's holding us back. And uh, you know what, not,
2: Steve? That is absolutely stupid, now. man. That is absolutely stupid. You've been a negative well, guy. You've been a negative guy. Where were you last week when he threw five touchdowns, Steve? Where were you? Did you lose the number? Well, I
3: was. I Did you was lose the number? You. I was listening to you bash they, me at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you I know what? You, you, and
2: you and call you. in every week about Mahomes. <laughs>
3: you call saying, in every I'm
2: week against Patrick Mahomes.
3: Even Joe Buck and Troy Aikman knows that this guy is not doing the right thing and checking it down and throwing to Travis Kelsey when it's wide open and trying for the home run ball. He won't learn. So the only option left is to bench him for a quarter or a or a half and put Chad Henne in and-
2: Steve, I, I got to hang up on you, man. You're just talking stupid, man. Bench Mahomes for Henney. Come on, man. It, it's, just, it's, just, it's just lunacy, Steve. You're the most negative person I've ever met. Unbelievable. They won the damn game. You know what? Why don't you call the Dallas postgame show and cry about Dak Prescott? You should. It's 105.3 the game in Dallas. Give them a call and cry about Dak Prescott's performance and how they should bench Dak Prescott. Maybe you'll have fun doing that. Let's go to Chester. What's up, Chester?
4: Yes, sir. This is what it's all about. Aerodynamics. The law of lift won't let gravity hold it down. The pull War oh, will not let the drag hold it back. When you go from worst to first, when you go into the land of bye with four games in a row having momentum in first place, that takes what? Whoa, leadership, integrity, being well coached. Look at the defense. You talking about Jones having, Joan having his day. He had a grand opening. You know, three-and-a-half sacks, a pick up fumble, tipping the ball, getting a, uh, you know, a, a pick. You know, helping his teammate get a pick and different things. Sneed getting physical. Sometimes he gets so physical, he gets the little penalties there. But this whole thing is getting more physical. For the plane to take off the ground, it's when you peak. You can struggle, but yet the faith is still there. You can struggle, the hope is still there. You can struggle, the love to win, it burns like a fire. Let your fire. Burn, let it shine, let it warm, let it celebrate. So everybody can go through this Thanksgiving season really thankful that you can come out all right. God bless you. Have a joyous Thanksgiving.
2: All right, Chester, you too. You do the same thing. Dak Prescott, 28-43, of 43, 216, two interceptions. Mahomes, 23-37, 260 yards. And that pick. But seriously. I mean, 105-3, the game in Dallas. Give him a call. Give him the post game C- cry, cry about Amari Cooper not playing. That's what you should do. Let's go to Reggie in a- Grandview. What's up, Reggie? I got two Reggies. Reggie in Grandview. What's up, man?
5: How we doing, guys? Sorry, I-, I had I got a lot of great things to say, but that that Steve guy really you know just
2: threw me off. Well, He does every week. Uh,
5: you know what? Uh, yeah, I can't believe it. But uh, you know, a-, a quick reaction here. You know, man, uh, I want to give a shout out to Dale Williams. Uh, what he did during the just to get the uh, win streak going. It was great to see Clyde back out there running well. But uh, I, I got to tip the cap. That's what depth
2: will do for you.
5: Yep, uh, and I got to say, you know, Beach and his staff. It, it took a lot of heat. Uh, you know, we had some some tough some uh, tough, tough games early, but uh, you know, and uh, uh, luxurious.
2: Got W, bro. I loved your call. Can't cuss though. Let's go to uh, Reggie in Anaheim. What's up, Reggie?
5: Hey, what's up, man? I'll make it quick. Um, You know, a couple weeks ago I made an observation that uh, Melvin Ingram on the outside uh, really allowed the defensive line to gel as a whole. I think him uh, with Chris Jones and Jaron Reed and and Naughty in the middle and you've got Frank Frank Clark on the outside. I think on all levels of the defense, man, we've really got enough talent and enough uh, players to really be able to be competitive defensively. Now, on the flip side, on the other side of the coin, I was happy to see Patrick Mahomes getting the ball to the running back in the flat immediately. Today, he did not do that. Also, I'm starting to really become disappointed because um, he, he's hard on the offensive line because he holds the ball so long. And by the time he finds the running back in the flat, just like with Clyde on that, on, in the first half, he's it's too late for the running back to make any moves upfield. I think they got to get to him, man, and say, hey, we need to keep moving the ball downfield. Take the check down to open up the stuff in the middle and to open up the stuff deep. But if you continue to hold the ball and you continue to take these sacks, we're not going to get the most out of this offense. So, great win, but I really want to see Patrick uh, hit those running backs more. Like, why did you stop throwing the ball to the running back when Clyde got in? You know, like that that's becoming extremely frustrating. I think we could have put up a lot more points if Pat would, would check the ball down or take some of those rushing lanes, pick up five or six yards and keep the clock moving. I'll take my thoughts off the air.
2: All right, yeah, yeah. Patrick Mahomes was under a lot of pressure today, a lot of pressure today. Dallas was getting to him. Mike Parsons is a good player, man. I mean, he's going to burden you. This Dallas defense, again, 10th in scoring defense. Patrick Mahomes averaged, according to ESPN Stats and Info, averaged 5.4 air yards per attempt. His second lowest of his career in a game he attempted less than, uh, or at least 15 passes, excuse me. He was pressured on 49% of his dropbacks. Third highest highest number in his career. So Dallas was getting there and they were putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes. But again, you look at the AFC. Would you be shocked if the AFC had the Chiefs in the AFC title game? Because right now, if things held true and they're the fourth seed and you know, things are going to shake out differently. Obviously, Tennessee right now with the one seed and Baltimore at this point is the two seed. I mean, I could easily see one of those teams losing. I could easily see a situation where the Chiefs get back in the AFC title game and Patrick Mahomes will play four straight years in the AFC title game at Arrowhead Stadium. Then what are you going to say? Then what are you going to say? Every year he's been a starter, he's been in a title game. And he's been the two Super Bowls and won one of them. I mean, that's the kind of career path that he's on. But no... Uh, we will not tolerate benching. We will not tolerate benching uh for Chad Henney. But anyway, that's the no-huddle. By the way, you can call in anytime you want to. 913-576-7610. We'll hear from the locker room. We'll hear from the Chief sideline reporter Josh Klingler. Coming up next, and we'll hear from Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. But coming up next, we'll start it off with our play of the game, brought to you by Masary's Jewelry. That's next.
0: You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today. Tune in Mondays at 2.15 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's the play of the game. At the 40-45, Heidman Midfield.
1: Jet is taken into the end zone. Corner pattern, near side. Kelsey reaches up and makes the grab. Touchdown, Kansas City.
0: Brought to you by Maseri's Jewelry. For four generations, bringing the world's most distinct jewelry to Kansas City. Third and 14. Now the ball comes out. Prescott was back to throw.
1: The ball's out chris jones coming back to his right and he's pulled to the ground at the 25-yard line on third and 14 the cowboys went without a huddle on a quick snap frank the shark clark able to get the ball sacked and out of there and chris jones with the recovery and the chiefs just had a touchdown and now the defense suffocates dallas on its second possession
2: that's to play of the game brought to you by Masary's Jewelry for four generations, bringing the world's most distinct jewelry to Kansas City. you know, Frank Clark, the, the Chiefs were able to get to the front. That's what they had to do because Dak Prescott, when you blitz him, hit 15 touchdown passes. But the quarterback with the highest number before that was nine. So again, you got to get to him from the front, and they did. Chris Jones, unbelievable on the inside. That was Frank Clark getting back there with the strip sack. I mean, if this defensive line can continue that. That's uh, it's 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 news for us, the, the AFC, and again for the next six against the AFC West. Right now, though, we're joined by right, uh, Josh Klingler on the Silverstein Ice Center Hotline, Kansas City's most trusted eye doctors. Go live to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Chiefs, and also co-host FESCO in the morning. What's up, Kling? Yeah, that
6: defense has come a long way, hasn't it? Oh man, <laughs> thirty-second in the league in a bunch of stats, and and now they're just flexing their muscles, and it's. All kinds of people getting involved, and man, that was that's a fun defensive performance to watch tonight. It's been a while since I remember the Chiefs' defensive line like literally pushing uh, the opponent's offensive line around, and that's what they did for a good portion of the night. And then you saw the defensive backs get after it. Um, you saw a little more speed on the edge. They're just flying around and playing some really good football right now. It's been fun to watch them kind of dictate um, the tempo.
2: Yeah, they're making the secondary better as well. I mean, the secondary with Finn, I know he was banged up a little bit tonight, but Shavarius Ward, Rashad Finn, they got their opportunities against the Dallas Cowboys receivers. They didn't have a Murray Cooper. CeeDee Lamb gets injured, but still they were there. The pass rush helps those guys. It just does. Chris Jones, unbelievable. I, I don't – I I look at all Chris Jones' games and everything. I can't remember where he just dominated like he did tonight. Well, no, just
6: to have, I mean, basically, he's got like numbers in every category. <laughs> I mean, that's, he does. That's the impressive part. And he of it, tipped right? that I last mean, like...
2: pass that got picked off by Shane. Yeah. Yeah, he tipped a pass
6: for an interception, had a fumble recovery, and boy, did he want to score on that! Um, and then the you know three and a half or four seconds, depending on who's tabulating. Yeah, um, officially three and a half. He's gonna he's he wants his four, but yeah, he was he was a menace tonight. And then uh, to see you know, Frank Clark, uh, Melvin Ingram pushing the pocket again tonight. Jaron Reed has obviously been benefiting from more attention uh, from a you know Chris Jones that's playing well and a, and a Frank Clark and. Uh, those guys up front were, were terrific, and then you mentioned the the secondary. That go go back and watch that Charvarius Ward interception um, uh, on on uh, C.D. Lamb uh, at the end of the first half. That was that was textbook um, defensive back play, and he he played awfully well tonight too. So fun fun night to see this defense you know shut down the number one offense in the NFL and and really be a a force out there and the the offense did just enough you'd love to see them you know kind of punch it in a couple more times and maybe you know uh, trade a three for a seven and obviously make the the field goal and the extra point that you gave up but that's a pretty dominating performance tonight all around
2: yeah and Dallas defensively is a good defense I mean it really is top half the league in defense obviously scoring a better defense 10th in the NFL they bend but don't break They've been very. This is a good football team, the Chiefs. Be despite the injuries, that's what happens in football. Guys get injured or go on the COVID list. That's just that's just the NFL. You have to be you have to have the depth to get by in those things. But you know Andy Reid in the post game cling, he credits you know the addition of Melvin Ingram and how he kind of is that veteran that ups everybody's game up. And you know we're starting to see it with Jaron Reed. He gets through last week. Obviously Chris Jones helped him out as well. But Jaron Reed was going to be a, you know, a counted on fixture on the Chiefs defensive line. I was excited to see what those two could do when Chris Jones was next to him. And obviously no Frank Clark's success when he was with Jaron Reed in Seattle. I guess I would just been keep just waiting on that all season, but we're finally seeing it. I did not think there would be a four game stretch from the Chiefs defense where they'd be giving up less than 12 points a game.
6: Yeah. Uh, today, especially, I mean, you, you kind of saw this one and I think we were talking about it for most of the week that, Hey, if they gave up points in this one, but still passed some of the eye test things or, and you could just kind of tip your cap to a, to a really good Cowboys offense, but the Chiefs. Maybe would get a high-scoring win, uh, but the defense would give up points. Where would you feel about you know where this defense was? And it um, <laughs> became a non-issue. I mean, they kept that team out of the end zone today. Um, that's a that's a fantastic defensive performance, and and uh, they're playing great complementary football. You heard if you heard Patrick Mahomes comments a little bit ago he's kind of settled into that as well, that, hey, uh, this offense isn't exactly what it's been the last few years, but we're playing well on defense, we're playing complimentary. It seems like he is, you know, not putting a ton of pressure to to recapture maybe what some other offenses were and just kind of being in the mode of this is how we're going to play, this defense is going to keep us in games, um, we have to do just enough um, and not, you know, not make those key mistakes couple of those though tonight uh, that they got away with but um I, I guess i just liked what i've heard out of the the quarterback maybe maybe he's overcorrected to a certain extent though bank um there's there's times and it's going to be better for for long-term preservation but um, there's a lot of times now where he's not running where, where he's run in the past and you could pick up yards, but you're also possibly uh, susceptible to getting belted. Um, so I think for the long-term health, it's good, but he's maybe taking some extra precautions, I think especially when it comes to, to to running. But you know, I think they were probably programming him like we were all programming him saying, hey, stay in the pocket look through your progression, throw the ball. And um, maybe it's a little bit of an overcorrect right now, and we'll see if it, it balances out as we move forward because, um, you know, he's he's not playing great, didn't play great this week, didn't play badly, played really good complimentary football to go along with this defense. And obviously the
2: defensive side is, is the story of this game, and they're obviously four-game run now. And Mahomes had a little bit of fun with that next gen stats. It was brought up to him in post-game. The fact that six of his picks had a 75% completion uh, ratio as far as that. He he laughed and said this is a great stat, because obviously the 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 Travis Kelsey pick's gonna go as a pick to Pedro Mahomes, but it went out of his hands. Yeah. I mean, so he laughed well, about that and said and then how, he, do you, huh? how does that guy catch that ball, too? You know what I mean? I mean, was, like, I, not I only it, it, it hits off
6: Kelsey, but it lands in the guy's in the guy's lap and he's able to catch it i mean that's a that's a low probability play yes it goes as an interception to patrick Mahomes. that's just kind of a a freakish play with an asterisk but um you can't they can't be turning it over we know that
2: um but boy if you get the takeaways it sure looks a whole lot better doesn't it and tyree kill continues to be this master nine catches 77 yards I mean, he's one of the top receivers right now in yardage and receptions in the NFL. But as he said last week, he wants to go 80 yards. He wants nine rounds. He wants vertical. And he, but he is adapting and changing who he is as a receiver. He's catching the mm-hmm. intermediate. He's catching the short passes. It's not who he is, but he's adapting to that. And I think it's going to help him in his future when the speed starts slowing down because it has kind of put him in a situation to be that all-around receiver for the Chiefs.
6: Although I think he does use his speed very well in those short distances too, 100%. like crossing, crossing the, the middle and nobody can catch him. I mean, nobody can catch him in, in those short spaces. And so he's able to, to get in space and get to the, he gets to the sticks well. And I think, I think one of his best attributes is he knows how to avoid the hit and gets himself out of bounds and, uh, avoids getting those, you know, big thumps. And I think that's going to, that's going to help him obviously down the road, but, he's just unguardable, even in short spaces. That's the thing that you zip in the ball and he's making people miss and he's running around the corner on them. And um, he's just really good at that intermediate route too. That's to me about as fun to watch as it is the deep ball. I mean, the deep balls are, you know, those home runs, but,
2: but he makes, he makes those, uh, those doubles look pretty good too. And the other thing too, Kling, just your thoughts on Clyde coming back. He did average 5.3. I know people that are enamored by Daryl and what Derek Gore did, but, you know, none of these guys had 5.3 yards per carry, and I did feel at times it did alleviate some pressure off Mahomes being able to run the football. As the Chiefs ran for 126, Dallas was the fourth uh, best team in running in the NFL. They were held 82 yards as this Chiefs run defense came in this game, 18th in the NFL. They're only going to get better, but I felt uh, Clyde coming back add, add a little spark to the running game because now you can have him and Daryl. It was Derek Gore on the inactive list tonight but that's a nice one-two punch going forward
6: yeah and I was probably in the camp of hey give him another week you got the bye week coming up and and save him for a couple more but he didn't look like he had any ill effects uh tonight health-wise I thought he he ran just fine he got low he got both hands around the football and kind of got low and and really kind of you know falling forward for those extra yards that type of thing probably could have i mean you probably didn't want him going you know too high a carry count tonight but it looked like he could handle it had he done it they were having some success at 5 yards a carry so you'd want to keep running the football but um nice nice job bringing him back now he gets the extra week to kind of rest and recover and uh he was much needed tonight in that in that run game he does bring a different dynamic in running the football i think we've seen Daryl Williams be able to get those those spot carries and and obviously the couple weeks that he has caught the football looks like he can be an option in the passing game as well but um Clyde's your best running back there's no doubt about it and so yeah it was good to have him back today um you know they said to prove he was fully healthy and he was fully healthy so uh you know tip of the cap to them for putting him back out in the field and 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 getting him out there and getting some reps and
2: uh hopefully he feels pretty good coming out of the bye week too any musings from the sideline clinging obviously I had heard numbers about the Dallas Cowboys having at least 40% or more fans in the stadium, and he made a point to say that, well, they were drowned out on whatever they were doing. But uh, a lot of Cowboys fans made their way in.
6: Yeah, they certainly did. And and you could tell, you know, as the, as the seats were filling in, there was a lot of, you know, blue jerseys and what have you. But I think what I've loved to see about this this Chiefs crowd is the same thing they did in the Packer game. There are a lot of Packer fans there, but – um, they made sure they were louder, and so I thought that they've defended it. Can't, can't defend uh, people that want to spend high prices on tickets, and I also can't. Um, I don't have a problem if you, you know, sold your tickets to the Green Bay and the Dallas game and paid for your entire season tickets. That's cool too. But the people that were there have made a really concerted effort to make sure they were louder than the uh, than the opponents that were there. So they've defended the home the home crowd very nicely, even in these games where there've been a few more enemies in the seats.
2: Any more musings by you, Kling? Because you know you saw the uh, swag surfing the offense was doing there for a while, but. I don't know. Whenever they would show the Chiefs uh, sideline, it looked like they're back to having fun.
6: Yeah. And that's the thing. And I mean, obviously, when you win, it's a lot more fun. I think this team uh, does um, really, I mean, it it goes hand in hand when they're having fun and they're playing well. It just kind of magnifies. Obviously, when you saw the offense, I'm guessing they caught it on television. I was there, so I can't tell you, but I'm I'm sure they saw the the, uh, choreographed dancing on the sidelines with the
2: yeah, made the it, entire yeah.
6: offensive group and Willie Gay. Um, that was kind of the epitome to me of <laughs> when they were having fun today. So, yeah, a lot better sideline when you win. There's no doubt about it. And most importantly, Kling, how many times did you say Preston Road trophy? Uh, I, I was under. I, I mentioned it at the very beginning, and that was it. So. Really? So he's yep. just, just got I got,
2: I, I got the order. under.
6: Yeah. It was one and a half. I didn't bring it up again, other than right at the beginning, because I did see, I did see uh, Jerry Jones when I got off the elevator on the first floor to head towards the sidelines. He was, he and the the Jones family were stepping on the elevator, and so I did mention that it looked like he had his uh, trophy game face on.
2: Did he have the trophy with him?
6: <laughs> we did not see it, and uh, one of our other radio crew guys said that they saw. Clark Hunt and Jerry Jones speaking downstairs after the game, but there's, there was no sighting of the uh, the trophy, so I guess they'll probably have somebody deliver it over tomorrow.
2: Well, it belongs <laughs> in Kansas City now, Clayton.
6: Or at the, you know, well, at the Hunt family home in Dallas. I don't know that it ever departs Dallas these days, so it might just be in the uh, the window of the Hunt family.
2: Yeah, it goes in the, it goes in the window like a leg lamp, right? So every time Jerry's driving, he's sees the Preston Road yeah. trophy. You know what I'm saying? That's a good. That's a good visual. Yeah, yeah. The leg lamp. Good stuff. Kling, you'll be on the uh, radio tomorrow, five fifty eight in the morning. Look forward to hearing you there, and I look forward to uh, joining you uh, later in the week. I'm I'm just going to be a little bit disappointed. Uh, eight uh,
6: eight twenty tomorrow. The it for the brisket pick was Binkley's. Mm. And it came up just a bit short.
2: You know what? Had he caught that one instead of Bobble, it probably would have been on right on two Real close. So there you go. So 8-20 tomorrow. Remember, Binkley was wrong, and you can win barbecue. Uh, if he just would have caught that one and said let go off his hands, he would have been real close to two for 19. <laughs> he would have. He I know. <laughs> At least he got a step <laughs> book. You got a catch. One catch. That's it. Well, I was only going, going for two, Kling. I wasn't going for <laughs> That's right. Your bar wasn't very high. Uh, it, was, it was not very high. Anyway, Kling, we'll talk to you in the morning. Thank you, buddy. All right. Thanks, Bink. There you go. Josh Klingler right there. And the other thing, too, is, you know, I've heard a lot of stuff about Veach and the the text line because, you know, a lot of calls early in the season and text about Veach. You know, a lot of calls. You know, don't forget, Chavreus Ward was undrafted, was traded for Parker Anger, who's sitting on the Lions practice squad right now. And you got Chavreus Ward. Trey Smith didn't have his best game because he had that hold and that that 15-yard penalty on one play, but he's been great this year. Creed Humphrey. Uh, Let all centers and uh, pro football focus. Fourth best lineman rating going to this game. Three starters on this team from this past year's draft, which was, I mean, the hardest draft that they've had to deal with. No combine, medicals coming in late. Looks pretty good. How about Jerry Snead? It's looking like a pretty good draft pick last year in the fourth round. A little Rashad Fenton looking like a good draft pick. Daryl Williams. You like to celebrate Daryl Williams. Undrafted find by Brett Veach. By Pringle, undrafted, fine by Brett Veach. I think we forget about some of those, and of course the addition of Melvin Ingram, which you know, the general manager job, go out and find those pieces that fit into your clubhouse. And I think all those are really a moves by Brett Veach, right there. We'll hear from Pete Sweeney coming up at the uh, at the top of the hour. But right now, let's uh, check in with the with the locker room. What are the Chiefs saying, especially Andy Reid? Andy Reid brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the head coach that's fifth in the NFL in wins. The guy that's standing ahead of him in fourth place is Tom Landry. Here's Andy Reid after the game.
7: As far as the injuries go, uh, McKinnon uh, hurt his hamstring, so he came out, and um, we'll just see. We'll get him an MRI and check out. And then Fenton... Uh, landed on his knee and we just we got again. Yeah, we'll get an MRI on that tomorrow uh, The crowd was phenomenal um, uh, You know, there was a lot of blue in there uh, and we didn't hear him and so uh, My hat goes off to uh, To the red that was a beautiful thing um, Defensively what a game what a game. I mean, that's a uh, Uh, That's the number one offense in the National Football League, and I just thought our defense brought it every snap against, in particular, our defensive line, in particular against a a heck of an offensive line. So uh, I'm proud of the guys for for that. And Frank kind of started off with a strip sack, but five takeaways is is great. Four sacks by Chris Jones. I mean, I can't say enough. You know, Tarverius and Snead and – um fenton i mean uh, 21 jumps in and does a heck of a job i mean just all uh, willie gay had a, a couple nice plays in there and i could probably go through all of them they, they all did a did a nice job offensively we had some ups and downs started off right um and had a couple nice drives um and actually the one that was was great was the last drive you know where we had to chew some time up, get get them to use their timeouts. Even though we didn't score on it, it put them in a big time bind. Um, and then Tobe had the <clears throat> had the pooch kick, and uh, Bucker did a nice job with it uh, of getting it down there. And very seldom do you see a punter covering and an offensive guard covering, but we practice it every week, and you know that that's how you practice it right there. They did, they executed it perfect, so. Good to have 25 back. Yeah, um, uh, Clyde played well and just uh, stayed aggressive, covered the ball in traffic, was patient, all the things you you know you need to be to make the thing work. Trusted his O line. Uh, Daryl had another nice game when he filled in both in the pass and the run game. So and uh, Kelsey, Tyreek, uh, Pat, you know, had some beautiful throws too. So listen, all in all, it's. Uh, uh, this is a good football team we played and that's a heck of a win. Uh, before I turn it over, just happy Thanksgiving to you guys and, and to our fans, I, we appreciate everything. So, all right, timekeepers. What happened with the after the game? Yeah, so I, I should have mentioned that because he, he played well. Um, you know, he's had, he had surgery on that knee at one time and his knee swelled up overnight, which is a little unusual. but. Um, it's done that in the off season, it hasn't done it during the season, but you know, my head goes off to him getting, letting us know when he got up and, and getting in here and getting treatment done and then wanting to play. That's the next thing. I mean, he, he was in here for hours getting treatment. So, um, uh, you know, that kid is he's an amazing kid. And, um, you know, the fact that he was out there doing what he did was – was likewise man. much concern about him Well, you know, Rick, Rick wouldn't have, and our docs wouldn't have let him play if that was the case, but they felt like he'd be safe playing. I mean, you know, safe as you could be playing football, but. Uh, and, and he, you know, he could still run, so they, they were able to get some of that swelling out, so. Coach,
2: important. I noticed uh, before the game, I mean, he didn't, didn't even go through the introductions. He just came over to the bench and you went over and had a little
7: chat with him. What was that pep talk? Yeah, just it? get off your leg and sit there for a little bit, chill out. He went through warm-ups and did everything. And just let him get right. And um, He's a tough kid, man. My hat goes off to that kid. He's a, he is a badger, right? I mean, what's different about the pass rush now that it's more productive than it was earlier in the season?
3: What's, what's,
7: yeah, so uh, I mean, to get 24 in there, I think is is a nice thing, nice addition. He brings a certain energy to the group, a uh, veteran, uh, you know, player. All the guys respected him, welcomed him in. Not that he's playing every snap, but he's playing quite a bit. And, and you know, he's strong at the point and does some nice things. But I think it upped everybody's game. You Yeah, know, I mean, that's what I, I think happened. And guys are we're, were back, we're healthy there and. Uh, and that matters. When you can line up that lineup that we're we're doing, and I don't want a slight uh, drawn Reed. I mean, I've mentioned him before, and he's playing good football right now. He's done a nice job. He's kind of settled into the defense, and you know we know him better. He knows us better, and he's doing a nice job for us. so. Um, you yeah. know. And then you watch 55, 95, you watch all these guys do a 51, 97. I mean, all these guys, 98 contribute. You know, you just start going through these numbers. 91 is playing good football, Naughty, you know. So my you know, hat goes off to them. They've been working their tail off it. Coach,
5: two quick questions before you What was your message to Edwards and after that?
7: Uh, well, it's Clark's house. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's two different sides of things, but Herbie, um, yeah, I talked to him, yeah. And um, you can't point, you can't do anything. You you know, you get excited and you do something. We had another one, our young right guard, man, so. You can't do. You can't talk. You can't. You know, there's some restrictions now. And if you cross those lines, they're going to get you. you know, listen, the union was part of that. They they agreed to all this, so it's um, it, it'd be better off just go and play football and celebrate with your teammates and not mess around with the other team.
2: Andy, obviously to
6: open the season, you guys gave Chris the opportunity to play on the edge. He's back. On-
7: days, it seems like, all on the inside. I guess, how would you just evaluate that full picture? Yeah, we, again, we mixed him up a little bit today, and um, but he, he's done, I mean, the last, I didn't even mention the last play, where he tipped the ball, and, you know, we end up with a nice intercept. So, it's, a, it's all, he, he's good either place. He's a football player, so I mean, either place. He gears it up. He's tough, tough to stop. And you're very even, right, I think that's one of your strengths, one of your priorities. But uh, have you noticed, can you compare sort of the mood of the team right now compared to, you know, maybe after the Chargers game or whatever? Yeah, so uh, they've had to work for this. And I think when you have to really work for something and bear down, I think it's, you enjoy it a little bit more. And you're not resting on what happened before, but you're, you've are you earned this right here. You know, with the little knot in the stomach and... The ups and downs, and you know, so you, you earn every one of these. And if you, you know, I think that's where we're at right now. We're, we're, uh, but, and then they're, they like each other, they're getting to know each other better, and I think they like each other, and you know, so playing hard for one another.
1: Hey, Andy, in terms of your secondary, they've just played really well. Last anything that you can attribute to that, and then just the play of the thea and Travers were obviously getting the interception before halftime.
7: That's yeah, good to have him back healthy, right? Uh, get all these guys back in there and, and going. So we were kind of one guy in, one guy out, not the whole deal. Um, and then uh, the Badger kind of helps bring it all together with his leadership, and that helps. And he felt obligated to be out there and with his guys, and you know, you start getting that type of feeling, and that's a that's a good thing. So, but. They've all, up their, they've all up their game, they've, but they've worked hard at it, Nate.
5: Yeah. A little fun, and then we'll get to football, I promise. There will be a lot of Thanksgiving potlucks this uh, week, or what dish are you bringing, I guess, to the table uh, for Thanksgiving? i
7: will probably cooking it now. I mean, so I'm, I'll be finding a big turkey and we will do the whole thing. So I'm, I'm excited uh, that I can contribute both ways.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so we haven't really proven anything. I guess that's a message to the rest of the league. But maybe it's possible that you all have proven to yourself inside the locker room that, hey, it can be ugly, but we can still get wins for four straight going into the bye week here.
7: Yeah, so, I. yeah, I think winning in this league is so hard. I mean, it's not an easy thing to do. I think teams are better than they've ever been, and um, that's why you're seeing what you're seeing. <clears throat> so. Um, there's great competition and you've gotta, you got to you got to work for it every every week and so we're going to enjoy this we're going to enjoy the the win but we're also going to know that we got to step back on the pedal here and get ourselves ready another week we got
3: three more right here
8: your uh, defense trying to figure it out. Beginning of the season seems like they've switched, flipped the switch, and it's whatever's broken is now fixed. Have you seen that over your experience in season that they fixed it? Like yeah, that? they're
7: flying. They're flying around and and uh, they're working well together, rallying to the ball, getting great rush. We're doing a good job with our gap responsibility. Linebackers, I, I haven't mentioned Hitch. His leadership is so valuable. You know, when he's healthy and, and that leadership is in, he's in that position. Man alive. And now he can eat free when he goes home to Dallas in the offseason. Um,
6: these first couple of years, it, it's just kind of seemed like it, and I know it wasn't, but it seemed like it's just come easy to Pat and he's faced some real adversity. Now you've reached the bye, seven and four eleven weeks. He's kind of done enough to, for you guys to get there. Just, uh, what does it say about him and the way that he's responded to some of
7: these issues? Yeah, listen, he, he's pushed through. Um, the ups and downs, you know, and um, not that everything was perfect. It's never going to be perfect against a good team, so. Uh, but he sure did some nice things and had some beautiful throws today. And, and his leadership is so valuable. He, he doesn't – there's not a lot of hanging head there. And he, he's going, hey, we're on to the next one, let's go. You know, so, he's a positive influence on a lot of people there.
1: Last one, Neil. Coach back here. Dick Vermeil said one time when a team's winning that being a head coach can be pretty easy.
6: When things go rough, he says that's where you really earn it. Can you talk about the job that you and your staff have done
1: with the leadership to turn day- well, this was this was an ugly football team at
7: times early. And now you won four. Yeah, no. I, I, the guys never hung their head. The coaches, I mean, they just kept trying to find a way uh, to use the strengths of the players and that they that they have, um, whether somebody was hurt or not hurt, the next guy up. And they utilize the strength of those players to do it. And so, you know, you, you earn a right to make this one of the bigger games today in the National Football League, I'm saying, uh, before the game started. This was, there were a lot of eyes on this game. And, and so two good football teams playing each other, and this was a little bit of a culmination of their perseverance there. So that's, it's very easy to hang your head. It's tough to power through it. And maybe, maybe at times you have to say, you know what? I got to do a little better right
2: here. There's head coach Andy Reid. Yes, there were a lot of eyes on this game. A lot of national media types. Maybe rethinking some of their opinions. The Chiefs are done. Stick a fork in them. Mahomes is broken. Yeah, probably some uh, going back on some freezing cold takes. But I'm curious the reaction across the country. Because you know this is going to be a big game. It's going to be talked about like we thought it would be talked about. Dak versus Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Really, that defense got to win today for Kansas City. We'll talk to Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com, when we come back.
0: You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. All for them today. Here's Jay Binkley.
2: And welcome back. It feels good. Bye week for the Chiefs. Thanksgiving week. You name it. Andy Reid's talked about helping cooking with the turkey plus eating it too. You know, double duty. Chiefs can chill out. They can watch Thursday night where all the teams lost. They'll be playing on Thursday The Chiefs did not. It's our turn every week to talk to the editor-in-chief. Arrowheadpride.com. Pete Sweeney. Pete, tell me something good, my friend.
9: (laughs) Well, uh, it's the bye week, which is always a a great time of the season when you've been in the trenches covering this team for 11 weeks. So that's exciting. And we went into this three-game stretch, I think, right? Yeah. Kind of said we would be happy with two and one. See if the the Chiefs could get to the bye week um, and and be six and five, and kind of be able to still have a shot at the division. And they ripped off the the three and zero, or you know the four wins in a row. And it's it really feels like the season. I don't know if it, it's completely turned around because I'm sure there are, there are things we'll talk about in this conversation that that still needs to be worked yeah. on. But um, what the Chiefs have done with the seven and four record is, is really. Uh, bought themselves some time, given themselves an opportunity to make some noise here in the AFC as the entire conference is seemingly coming back to them.
2: Yeah, Pete, you know how it goes. You know to have two weeks to stew on a loss, if that's the way it was. I mean, it, it's tough for a team, but you 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 go to the stretch to get the bye week at the perfect time. They're a relatively healthy team as it is. They can get healthier, but but man, just just to, you know going forward, thinking of the Denver Broncos next, you get those two weeks, and we know how good. Andy Reid is after a bye week. But, man, it's a tale of two uh, of really going into bye week with two two games. I mean, you lose this game, and you're sitting there dwelling on little things. You made a mistake. And, once again, the national talking heads will tell how bad you are and how good the Cowboys are. Well, that's not going to happen with the Chiefs. It's perfect going into a bye week with a win.
9: Yeah, and what's wild about this, and, and who would have thought, is it really does feel like the schedule – does opened up a little bit. Uh, The Raiders no longer really feel like um, they're they're going to be a threat to the division. You have two games with the the Denver Broncos. The Chargers are taking care of business right now, but I I tend to think that the Chiefs feel like a better team than the Chargers, the Steelers, and the Bengals. And so you're looking at the rest of the schedule, and it seems like the Chiefs could be – um, right in the mix, definitely, for the AFC West. And who knows what happens with the AFC, which has random losses each and every week. Now, I, I was tweeting earlier, I, it's stunning that the Titans dropped the game today, and you didn't really expect the, the Bills to get blown out of the water. Um, the Chiefs need these teams to all get the five losses while continuing to win, and who knows how high they could get in the conference
2: are you gonna buy my Colts preseason hype they did blow two games including what a sixty point lead against the Ravens looking like a different team aren't they Pete
9: they look better than they did after they went 0 for 3 to start the year I'll, I'll Pete. tell you that much I I need to see it I I think the team that I like a lot right now and I hate to say it but <laughs> I know the going Patriots the New England Patriots look like a, a complete team, and, and you know we we look across the AFC. It's you know who's been consistent for you know the, the last stretch or so. Uh, Colts could be one of them, right? Because now they've won. I think I believe it's five of the last six games. But the Patriots are another team. It, it's it's really wide open. It, it uh, I, I know it's, I know two fans would just want want them to go undefeated. We talked about the twenty and you know, zero in the preseason. And be a little bit more comfortable. But just for the general football fan, this is, um, it's like a Royal Rumble of teams to see who comes out of the AFC.
2: Yeah, and here's the excitement. A.D. Reed, 19 and 3 after a bye week, 6 and 3 after a bye in the playoffs, 25 and 6 in his career. Very good after the bye week. We'll get to the offense in just a second, Pete. But really, the defense, once again, the story 11.7 uh, points a game against in the last four games, um, holding the number one offense in the National Football League. Out of the end zone. Uh, Andy Reid mentioned Melvin Ingram. He said 24. It's Melvin Ingram's addition to this team. And, you know, last week, Pete, we were talking about how he got the double team. Jaren Reed got the sack because he only drew one man. Uh, tonight we saw the damage that could happen with Chris Jones and Jaren Reed. That's where the controversy comes in on a three and a half or four sacks uh, for him. But Melvin Ingram... You know, I I don't know if he was the spark of this defense because they were trending in the right direction anyway. It certainly helps carry that through it. But man, able to get to the quarterback from the front four with, and I know they had a nickel blitz with with uh, the Steed stuff like that. But just the ability, especially against a quarterback like 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 Dak Prescott, who's so good against the blitz themselves. He's a lot like Patrick Mahomes, good against the blitz. But just the, you know, what you're seeing from Ingram. And the fact that Jordan Reed's now on the stat sheet for the last two weeks and Frank Clark continuing to do what he's doing and of course the monster game with Chris Jones. But that defensive line to me makes the secondary better. The pressure they're putting on Dak Prescott, especially tonight's unbelievable, but man, has that group been like the, the the group we saw in St. Joe, Pete? Like they're playing like that group we saw in St. Joe.
9: Yeah, and, and it it finally feels that way. The Chiefs defense and the defensive line and I, you know, you kind of believed it in St. Joe. They were just talking about how they could be an historic defensive line, and then you just saw one injury after another. And I, I think for a while, and you include Derek Nottie in this, I think Jaron Reed was really felt like the only healthy player. And so, he knows The offensive lines were were zoning in on him a bit and curbing what he can do. Uh, he's going to be his best when he has other players that the offensive line has, has to focus on. And Frank Clark looks like he is at the end of 2019 again. Right now, I just like don't think we have seen that version of Frank Clark in a a long time. The one uh, for the playoff stretches in in both of the years. Although Chris Jones looks obviously as as healthy as he has been. And the Chiefs defensive line really got some energy from Melvin Ingram coming. I don't know if we're ever going to get the full story of exactly what happened in Pittsburgh, but it, it seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers may have made uh, what was a grave mistake in sending him to Kansas City. I know they had kind of floated out there that they were trying to trade him to an NFC team, someone they wouldn't have to be going head-to-head against with in a playoff race, let alone a game later in the year. I mean, if Aaron yeah. is playing this hard and this well uh, in a game against the Dallas Cowboys, what is he going to do when he plays the Pittsburgh Steelers, or goes on Thursday night football and plays the Los Angeles Chargers, where he played uh, for almost a decade. And so it's definitely added some juice. We know that Spags likes to rotate these guys as best defenses historically even dating back to the Giants' days have been when they've been rotating these defensive linemen and really having fresh legs the entire game and, and rattling a quarterback. Dak Prescott was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he looked like he couldn't do anything on Sunday, and that was because of the defensive line. And then the whole defense sort of falls into place after that. The second level has been really good for the Chiefs. They definitely got one in Willie Gay. They look to have gotten one in Nick Bolton, and these cornerbacks are just kind of cleaning up the rest, and kudos to Tyron Matthew as well for stepping up and playing through injury I don't think that's something he had to do and you could tell that he wanted to play in this game
2: yeah the Steelers sit as the fifth seed the Chiefs as the fourth seed I'm with you it didn't make a lot of sense for the Steelers to send him to Kansas City but what about Matthew stepping up and playing in this game I thought that was that was pretty big for him to do it he wanted to play it you know for his teammates um I thought the teammates got a lift from that this defense uh like you said looks completely different from what we've seen but just the emotional lift of the Honey Badger, but not only that, Pete, it appears they're having fun again. Like, it, it appears they're having fun because everything that was said of them before, and let's be honest, this is week nine and after how good they've looked, a la 2019.
9: Yeah, I I, I think it is fun again for them. You saw them dancing to swag surf on the, the sideline. The offense is having fun. Um, it's been a long time since we've seen defensive play like this in Kansas City, where it, it really is a case where the defense is, is pushing the team through through to wins right now. I mean, this this was a game where if Dak Prescott was cooking, I don't think Patrick Mahomes and the offense could have matched them, and so a big part of it is coming from the defense. I watched tyron Matthew warming up before the game, and he looked like he was a little uncomfortable, but... What Andy Reid revealed after, and kudos to Matthew, is Matthew got up, he felt the swelling, and rather than just waiting and coming into the stadium at regular time, what it sounds like and what Andy Reid alluded to was he got right to the stadium. I mean, that isn't necessarily something that that players have to do, but it it sounded like he got there in the morning, went through hours and hours of treatment, and who knows what exactly went into that from uh, Rick Burkholder and the athletic training staff to make sure that he was ready for this game. When he tested it, he, he looked. I, I wasn't sure if he was going to go because he looked like he was going about 50%. He definitely looked a little bit uncomfortable. And then him and Rick were, were, walked off and they got a fist pound. And I really thought it was going to go the other way. And he looked good. It seemed like once he got going that he didn't really feel it. I think it is something to monitor. We'll have to wait for an update. We're not going to get an update on this team for about eight days. Uh, that's the time. The next time we're gonna have media. They don't even have media on Monday, so it's a while before we're gonna have any updates on any of these guys uh, unless they they properly come down from uh, what are the national uh, heads like a Rappaport or or Schefter. But I'm curious to see how the bye week treats Matthew. He's a, he's a key cog right now for that defense, and I just thought it was really important that he played today. And the Chiefs won the game because of defense. Uh, I know that the uh, Cowboys had some injuries. Uh, this is a team that was able to get a victory over a could-be playoff team in the Minnesota Vikings with Cooper Rush. I don't care if there were injuries. They they needed everything. They needed their defense to click on all cylinders, and it did on Sunday.
2: But, of course, the way the season's going, Pete, of course this is going to be a defensive game. This is, This game was the sixth highest since week 11 or after, the sixth highest total between the Chiefs' offensive yards per game and the Cowboys since the 1950 merger. I mean, the offenses were incredible. The defense did show up on both teams today. To be honest, with you. Chiefs' offense did just enough uh, to get that lead for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Petra Mahomes was asked about the stat after the game by Next Gen Stats, where his sixth interception this season had above a 75 percent chance of being completed. Twice as many as any other quarterback. That's the one that bounced in and out of the body of Travis Kelsey. He's thrown just two interceptions on such passes in his first three seasons as a starter combined. And he kind of laughed it off saying it was a good stat, but then brought up the fact that he's had others that should have been picked. But, yeah, it continues with the ball bouncing off the body for Patrick Mahomes. What would you think of his his night tonight as a whole?
9: It's not good enough. Um, you know, not to put a, a sour taste on, on, you know, Chiefs fans' mouth, but uh, the defense won this game, right? I mean, they were able to do enough and, and took care of business. Um, and, and the Chiefs are right in the mix, and I, I don't think that's, that's deniable. Um, is this a championship team? I think if you're really being honest with yourself, the answer is no. Uh, despite the way the AFC has been random, you know, we're talking about these teams that are, are coming on. There's going to be other teams that are playing better by the time we get to January. And I just think we need to see more games like the one against the Las Vegas Raiders than the one against the Cowboys. Now, this is a good Cowboys team, and and the Chiefs were able to grind one out. And sometimes you are able to win playoff games uh, like that. But could this Chiefs team that played tonight go and and win a Super Bowl? It's doubtful. And so, you know, the Chiefs got to use the bye week to to figure this out. They got to get right offensively. And now they, they still have a month and a half, month and a half or so, with the bye week and the six games to Figure out how to play more games like the ones offensively against the Raiders than um, maybe the performances that you saw against the Cowboys or the Packers. Um, they got to get they got to get past the opening script to me and show more production offensively before I think they're going to be able to return to, super, to a Super Bowl um, or win one.
2: You know, I was excited about the uh, about the NFC East going in the season. Chiefs clean sweep for their seven wins come against the NFC East that have had some nice games. Uh, against some teams, but the Chiefs, believe it or not, the Chiefs were fourth in the NFL in points per drive coming in this game. Obviously, that Raiders game helped things out. It looked like maybe the offense was going to be fixed a little bit with the way they played against Las Vegas, a little bit different. Dallas, you know, it's still a good defense over there on the Dallas side, but uh, see if this offense, you know, could take those two weeks and come back because I really thought they were showing the right direction against the Raiders. Clearly, this defense, you know, is keeping the Chiefs in games, in winning this games, but but Pete, what do you think of the AFC picture? You know, Baltimore squeaking out a win today, and I know people are going to point to the fact that Aaron Rodgers didn't play for the Packers or Amari Cooper doesn't play for the Cowboys, but they will not bring up the fact that Chiefs fumbled at the 34 yard line. We're going to win a game against the Ravens or how they lost the turnover battle four to nothing to the Chargers. Those things get forget. But how would did you ever think we'd be sitting here a week before Thanksgiving and Buffalo would be the seventh seed?
9: No, it's it's amazing. I I cannot believe that the, the the Buffalo Bills have allowed the New Orleans Patriots to do what they're they're doing. I feel bad for really the the fans of Buffalo. I uh, I know that, you know, the big you're a fan of that that bar up North Owls, the uh, yeah. Bills owner. It's a great fan base. Good bar. And yeah, what a what a a tough time it is now to maybe realize that your window was a one-year AFC East window. That is the realistic possibility now. Um, as far as non-AFC West games, I'm very, very interested in how these Bills-Patriots games go. There's two of them. You know, if the Patriots sweep them, who knows if the Bills end up out of the playoffs? Going from the AFC title, and they had such high hopes uh, coming into the year. They, they, the fan base fully believed that they were a Super Bowl contender, and you are getting to a point now. Um, where you're not really sure how this thing is going to go for the Buffalo Bills, and, and it's been crazy. The Chiefs need some stuff to break their way. Um, the, the fact of the matter is they don't have tiebreakers against the teams that they need. Uh Even New England Patriots, who they don't play this year, the Patriots have a 5-1 and one conference record. The Chiefs only have a 2-4 and four conference record. So basically what the Chiefs need and, and what this equates to is you need every other team's L, L column to say five. Um, that's the fact uh, of the matter. And and you keep playing your game, and, and if you can run the table, like we saw the Chiefs do in 15, like they've won these last four games, you can keep that going for another six after the bye, and everyone else in the AFC has a, a number five in their L column, guess what? You, you are going to miraculously win this by and you see games like this all the time with the Ravens flirting with the loss I mentioned the Titans loss I mentioned the Bills loss it can come back to you so you just keep playing your game you keep uh, fixing and, and getting better and who knows uh, the Chiefs may be um, back in the number one next when it comes to our very first ever uh, big week 18 this year we'll get yeah. to week 18 who knows if the Chiefs are playing for the number one seed
2: and here's the deal with the Bills they, they have yet to play the Patriots this year with Tom Brady with the Patriots the Patriots won 32 out of 35 of those meetings. Obviously, the Bills got the upper hand when, but you know, New England's trying to look for a quarterback. But maybe we have to reevaluate things, Pete. You and I like to look at the AFC, look at the power contenders. But, you know, if Tennessee, I, I don't know how they're going to hang on without Derrick Henry, to be quite honest with you. And maybe the Patriots, you know, sneak up there. But there's a great possibility the way things are working with the team taking an L, that the Chiefs find a way to be in a position to host a title game again?
9: Yeah, I mean, the the Titans, you know, for what it's worth, I, I had commented this week, I mean, they have a, a decent schedule in front of them where, you know, if they just take care of business, they're uh, a shoe in pretty much for the one Seed, and then they drop a game to the Texans. And once that happens, do you really think that they're going to beat the Patriots in their next game? Probably not. Do you really think that they're going to beat the Steelers and the 49ers? Probably not. So there you go. There's your five losses. And so the Titans are out of the mix. You now you go with the Ravens and, and you take a look at their schedule and you're saying, okay, they got a lot of division games just like the Chiefs. They got a game against the Packers and the Rams and the Bengals. Do you think that they're going to only lose one of those games? No, probably not. So if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, I think you look inward, you continue to take care of business. And you never know what can happen. I, I really think the Chiefs need to run the table. I don't think they can even lose one more game uh, for the AFC bye to be a possibility. But I thought it was over. I, I've said it a number of times on, on these post-game shows. i said it during the week. Um, I just never expected the AFC to be so up and down and so random. Uh, and that's played into the hands of the Chiefs. It almost seems like their, their biggest competitor might be the New England Patriots, who already have four losses. Um, which is wild to say in what was and what's starting to feel like the Patriots one year off and, and getting back into to their winning ways.
2: Yeah, and they took that one point loss week one against the Dolphins, 17 to 16. Uh, it's not who they are. They've won five games. Chiefs and the Patriots, the hottest teams in the AFC. In your opinion right now, Pete, who are the top two seeds or top two teams in the AFC, regardless of the standings they sit right now? Who do you feel are the two best football teams?
9: Yeah, it, it's 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 a hard question to answer. I, I I think it's it's probably among the Patriots, the the Baltimore Ravens, who you know, some weeks they look really good, and other weeks they sort of have to grind it out. But the bottom line is they usually win. Uh, I know they dropped one to the Titans on a weird Thursday night football, game, or I'm sorry, the uh, the Dolphins on a weird Thursday night football game, but I just think their body of work has kind of made me feel like, okay, they deserve to be in that conversation. And then it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I think you got to take two uh, of those three teams. I mean, right now, I, I tell you, it-, it-, it really is feeling like it could be a Patriots-Chiefs AFC title game, which is, uh, again, um, just really crazy to think about. <laughs> you never is. thought that uh, going into the year with the way Cam Newton looked last year still with the Patriots that they would be able to do anything like that. I, I know that while training camp was going on, we didn't even think Mac Jones would necessarily win this job. And to me, Mac Jones doesn't look like a Tom Brady quite yet, but he looks like he has the building blocks to maybe get there, and he's doing enough um, where I could see the Patriots, especially with the, the defense and the mind that is Bill Belichick, making some noise in the playoffs. Um, and, and you know what? There's a reason that these same teams always find themselves uh, toward the end of the season, it, it starts with the, the franchise, uh, and then it continues on with the coaching staffs, uh, and and that's why Belichick and Reed, um, and by extension Upreed Harbaugh, are among the best and, and most consistent teams, and always vying for this thing. It's hard to make the playoffs, and they usually go far because of um, what they're able to do, and and the schemes and the staffs that they have, and building around the players that they have. It's it's just impressive, and. Uh, Really, it's really it's good. To, we're going to take a
2: quick break here, but it's going to be really fun. Pete, final question for you, and I know that Brett Veach, you know, took some criticism earlier this year. And I'll contend to this: you have a second round that includes Creed Humphrey and includes Nick Bolton. You have Trey Smith in the sixth round. You have three starters in what my opinion is the toughest draft um, that teams have had. When you don't have medicals coming into last day of the draft, you didn't have the combine. You had these fake pro day numbers that had been trotted out with these guys. And the fact that Brett Veach was able to find three starters on this football team from this draft. And last year's fourth rental, Jerry Sneed's looking like a home run pick. And then Fenton's coming along, another pick of Brett Veach. And then you have the undrafted guys he brought in, like Daryl Williams, like Byron Pringle. Oh, and you have the trade he made of Parker Enger that sits on the Lions practice squad. For serve, Harrius he Things are starting to look really good for Brett Beach.
9: Yeah, and, and I I think you got to remember, all all GMs are going to have winners and losers and good drafts and, and bad drafts. You got to you got to have more good drafts than you do bad drafts. Brett Beach has always good been been good at the end of the roster, and and, and feels like he always nails uh, day three. I, I think the the draft has been um, something that's kind of progressed for him. He had a tough draft i feel like in in 18 you know kind of an up and down and then every year he's gotten to me uh, a little bit better when it comes to contributors this this rookie class uh, really aside from what would be cornell powell um who, who you know hasn't really looked like a good pick right now on the practice squad uh, looks like a it's a it's a a class full of Day one contributors, which is really hard to do. I mean, it, it, it really is hard. Especially to do. this year, Pete.
2: This was such a crapshoot draft. I mean, you don't yeah. have a combine, yeah. and yet you still have this production. I, I, I give him extra credit for that.
9: I think the move to go and get Melvin Ingram was really impressive. Um, it, 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 it's a no no stone, um, you know, not turned over approach, and he and he kind of will always like look and, and see if it makes sense. You know, you know that they were they were trying to even get Odell Beckham Jr. and and it's an aggressive front office uh, that he runs and and they have their guys and you know, their guys in the draft this year were, were Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, the Trey Smith pick has looked miraculous and and one that he has has proved um, like one of the better picks that we've seen in a really long time and then you combine that with Legarius State in the draft before uh, these two guys. It's back-to-back years of what would be uh, the steal of the draft, you know, and so um, I think there have been some bumps along the way, but it's been a B plus A job, in my opinion, for Brett Beach, and I think you're right about the draft class.
2: Great stuff, Pete. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and uh, thanks for joining me.
9: Yeah, Rob Dunn wanted me to tell you, you later," so you later, man.
2: Who did? Who wanted me to say that? Say, Rob. I know Twitter's wanting him to say it, so maybe that's what he's doing. But you know it's time for Kramer.
0: It's time for Touchdown, Kansas City. The zone block it to the right. Cut back left front. It goes to Edward hilaire
1: 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. C-E-H with
0: TD1. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis.
1: Touchdown,
0: Kansas City. Kansas City! The best call in all of sports.
2: Mitch Holtis with the Touchdown Kansas City. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. And don't forget on our Twitter account, at 610 Sports KC. Kramer cuts to highlight. I put the nice little picture out there and put Mitch's calls on. If you want to hear any of Mitch's touchdown calls, go to our Twitter account and you can hear them all. Because this one was the first touchdown of the game. Chiefs are in the pistol. Now they're going to go to a flip bone with Kelsey who's going to get a direct
1: snapped here. And Kelsey runs an RPO. He's going to keep it dives right into the middle of the Cowboy defense. Touchdown! Kansas City yep. shades of the Super Bowl when the Chiefs do a little trickeration at the goal line. Kelsey runs an RPO off a direct snap out of the flip bone formation and
2: keeps it. And the Chiefs have a touchdown on their first drive of the game. Inverted wishbone. Travis Kelsey gets a snap, fakes the handoff, takes it in. The former Cincinnati Bearcat. How hey, about that? Cincinnati football's playing well. Travis Kelsey gets into the end zone. Fantasy players like Kramer enjoyed that one. What a touchdown catch, but a touchdown run. That was a nine play, 86 yard drive, taking 340. Seven off the clock, put the Chiefs a missed extra point by Harrison Butker's first missed extra point of the season. That put the Chiefs up six to nothing. But the Chiefs would get back on the board again.
1: Butker thirteen of fifteen this year on field goals. He just missed a PAT. Chiefs trying to get points off the turnover, and Butker's kick is up, and this one is perfect.
2: So that put the Kansas City Chiefs up at this point. 9 to nothing. Harrison Butker, a 37-yard field goal, four plays, only three yards on the play because it was a strip sack fumble there by Frank Clark that Chris Jones got, set him up for that. Greg Zerline would add, the former Missouri Western, Griffin. Greg Zerline kicks a 33-yard field goal. That's Dallas's scorer in the first quarter, 9-3. to three. That would be the score in the second quarter. But then the one touchdown in the second quarter, it is our totally touchdown of the game. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew, Irish whiskey. Because welcome back, C.E.H. It is first down and
1: goal to go. The Chiefs will run a reverse option pitch. They pitch it wide. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, angling right. Touchdown, Kansas City on a reverse option pitch into the end zone. And the Chiefs now on three drives have had
2: touchdown, field goal, touchdown. And I love reverse option pitches. Anytime you can put the option in there. That's good enough for the Tully touchdown of the game brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. At this point, the Kansas City Chiefs with that Clyde touchdown go up 16 to 3. That would be the score at halftime. Dallas would get on the scoreboard in the third quarter first a 30-yard field goal by Greg Zerline. Seven plays 24 yards take a 202 off the clock for the Cowboys. But then it was once again Harrison Butker getting on the board stretching the chiefs lead out a 53-yard attempt
1: by harrison butker is long this year 54 yards this kick he swings the right leg through has it got enough juice he's got it a 53-yard field goal by harrison butker who now ties an all-time kansas city Chiefs season record
2: most field goals 50 yards or more in a season for the kansas city chiefs nick lowry hit four in 1980 Cairo santos hit four in 2015. Harrison Butker did it in 2017, 2020, and 2021. He's on that list three times. One more 50-yarder, it's his all alone. But the Kansas City Chiefs, that point 19-3 over the Dallas Cowboys. And then you go into the fourth quarter, and Greg Zerline added a 48-yard field goal. Nine plays, 45 yards, 4:40 440 off, 444 off the clock making the final score 19-9 to Kansas City Chiefs as they get their seventh win of the year. That's Touchdown Kansas City, brought to you by Tullamordu. When it's game time, it's Tully time. We'll take a timeout. You want to call on the Silverstein Ice Center phone line, 913-576-7610, or the J-Southland Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610. We'll take your calls. We'll head into that locker room as well.
0: You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today. Tune in Mondays at 2.15 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. (laughs) Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today. Here's Jay Binkley. I can go
2: for some victory custard, Kramer. Little cookie dough, how about that? Chiefs win 19 nine over the Dallas Cowboys. By the way, Chris Jones those three and a half sacks. He moves the seventh all time in sacks with the Chiefs at 47. Art Still, 48 and a half, sits at number six all time for the Kansas City Chiefs. Those three and a half sacks, eighth all time for a game for the Kansas City Chiefs, tying D four to Indianapolis. Back in 2016, Derek Thomas, of course, the record for seven sacks in a game against Seattle back in 1990. Of course, Derek Thomas also had six sacks in a game against the Raiders back in 98. I mentioned uh, Harrison Butker already with four kicks over 50 yards or more this season. The record for the Chiefs in a career, Nick Lowry had 20 field goals, 50 yards or more between 1980 and 93. Harrison Butker, is has 17 in his career, so Harrison Butker could stand alone with that. We'll go back to the phone line, Silverstein High Center, Highline 913 576 before we head inside that locker room. Let's hear from Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Hey,
8: hey, Bink, uh, cream Dog, thanks for taking my call, man. What a day. That's 4 0, oh, Bink. You got to love it. Uh, so, yeah, I want to talk about that first drive by our offense. I think. That was a, a it was a beautiful thing. I really dug it. They were mixing in that that run. They looked crisp. They had the pass rolling, and then they finished it off with a Travis Kelsey touchdown. I thought that was one of their best drives of the season so far, it I really really thought they dominated that 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 Cow, Dallas Cowboy defense or cowgirl defense. Even Troy Aikman said they
2: asserted wow, that themselves. I felt like the Chiefs were really aggressive, Big T. Don't know if you saw the physicality, the aggressiveness of the Chiefs. It's something to see because, you know, the Chiefs beat up other teams. I mean, the physical nature of them, both on offense and defense, that's good, especially this offensive line. Trey Smith likes to punish you. So does Creed Humphrey. And then, of course, the defense, one of their best tackling games today against the Cowboys. But I love the aggressive nature.
8: Well, you know that was that's a good point because they kind of set that tone and boy, if it went for a few things, that game could have really got away by 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 Dallas, but but they got a good defense too, and then and then Bink, you know. I did with Solaire. It was nice to see him back, and and then our passing game we just did enough, you know. And but the but but our special teams even had plays. I, but my hat goes off to Spags. What a what a great performance! He has our defense headed in the right direction. Everybody, this was a dominating performance, especially the defensive line. They dominated down in them trenches. They handled that offensive line. Being they beat their asses. That that Dallas Cowboy defensive line is regarded as the best in the NFL, and that. That whole – our whole defensive line punched them in the mouth and they knocked the snot out of Dak tonight. And, and they did, couldn't run on us, a stink. They couldn't pass on us. they scored three measly field goals against our defense. Woo! The, the, the linebackers were flying around, big. The secondary, I think, had the best performance of the year. Tyree Matthew, what about the, the Badger? He's a badass. Come and has a sore knee. Yeah,
2: it was, it was great. Give me the choo-choo, Big T. Give me the choo-choo.
8: Okay, I'll give you the choo-choo, but the cream is rising to the top. And it was just an outstanding performance. And Chris Jones, he's going to be be the defensive player of the week. And as always, let's go cheese.
2: Choo-choo! Hey, I needed to hear that 940 on a game night, the big T uh, choo-choo. Let's go, up, uh, let's go to Roman and Belton. What's up, Roman?
4: Hey, how you doing, Banks? This is first time uh, calling. Well, thank you hey, very I much. Just, hey, no problem. Hey, I just want to talk about, like, I mean, this defensive performance is it, it, it was like the, I mean, it's the best I've seen them this season. I mean, I was I was really surprised. I just wanted them to just kind of hold the, you know, hold Dallas a little bit, and you know, but they they, they, they exceeded my expectations. They did excellent. And uh thing on the uh, offensive side, I know everybody's like going crazy because you know they're like, oh well, offense can do this. Sometimes you're gonna have those grinding games like that. You know, it's not always gonna be a Offensive shootout, or they're not always going to score points, and they're like, "Hey, Patrick Mahomes is not doing this." Listen, the offense can and get it, enough. That's, that's to the key—that's that.
2: the key, right there, Roman. They're winning games, not like they usually do. You know, if Patrick Mahomes has those games where he's where he didn't he didn't complete down the field much today, one of his lowest in his career. But they're winning these games though, and that's important because you're winning different styles.
4: Yeah. yeah, and, and, and before people start. You know, get tired of them criticizing him and all that. You better remember where that man took you: three straight AFC championships and two back-to-back Super Bowls. Remember that.
2: And this season is not, uh, and it, the the this the book has not been written on the Kansas City Chiefs this year. I mean, if he's holding if he's holding a Lombardi Trophy after the season, you know, then what do you say? You know, three straight Super Bowls for him. He's only been in the title game four straight years. He's been a starter four straight years. I mean, the book's not written. We'll see if he can turn it around. I mean, listen, if you have faith that this defense could turn things around and look like they're looking, don't you think Mahomes in the offense that came in as the fourth most efficient offense in the NFL despite their struggles? Because a lot of these teams have struggles. A lot of them do. You know, I'm waiting for them, you know, the national media to do a, is Matt Stafford broken? Is he broken? Is Aaron Rodgers struggling with that offense? You know, Tom Brady, a couple picks against Washington football team last week. By the way, the Washington football team and the Chiefs beat him is like, eh, it's Washington. Well, and yeah, they beat the Bucs. You know, there's a lot of that. Titans, yes, they beat the Chiefs, but they've lost the Jets. And they lost the Texans. How do you lose to the Texans? Are the Titans broken? Is that going to be the new thing on get up? Is Shannon Sharp going to discuss this with we'll Skip Bayless? You know, are the Titans broken? Is Colin Coward going to have a hot take? about these teams that are struggling, because they all are. Like, no one's won to run away with this thing. They're going to do that? Because they certainly took their time teeing off the Kansas City Chiefs in defense. And you know what? I haven't heard anybody make fun of the Chiefs' run defense. They're 18th in the league. 18th. The Chargers are the team giving up 20 more rushing yards per game than any other team. We're going to hear that. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to hear that or not. Let's go back inside that locker room. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. You get the ball
3: back with like eight minutes left, you're up by 10, and you're sort of flipping that switch from trying to score to trying to burn some clock. Is that a tough thing to do in that situation, or are you guys pretty comfortable when it comes to those situations?
10: Um, Yeah, luckily enough, we've been in those situations a couple times now, so we've kind of figured out a way to do that. I made the one bad decision, kind of making trying to make the throw to Pringle there. Um, and they played it well. But other than that, I thought we ran the ball well when we needed to run the ball um, and, and made plays happen. And, and at the end of games, it, it comes down to that. When the defense is playing like, like they're playing to grind out drives at the end of games to kind of kill the clock down, um, those are big drives that, that you'll need at the end of the year.
3: You mentioned running the ball well.
10: In your opinion, how does it tie over to Lair Williams' first game back? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he rolled, man. I mean, that was a good defensive front, a good defense, and he was finding little little creases here and there to, 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 to make some stuff happen, and uh, I thought the offensive line did a great job uh, getting them getting them those windows, and so uh, they, he'll keep incorporating them more and more, and, I mean, he, he looked healthy, so, I mean, he's glad to have him back, so hopefully we can... Find a way to throw him some passes too if he's pretty good, pretty good yeah. out of the back foot as well. Patrick,
3: you've gone up against some good young players coming into the league. What are your thoughts on Michael Parsons and, and, and you know, through so I, he, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's
10: a special player. I mean, uh, I mean to be that good of a linebacker and then be able to play defensive end, there's not a lot of guys like that in this league. And uh, he, he, he has a high motor, I mean, chasing down on that sack, um, and then a, a strip sack. And then, he, he, I mean, the whole game, he was in there the whole time battling and battling. and. Uh, like I said, they have great players in that defense, and I thought our guys did a great job, especially early, and then we battled through at the end of the game.
3: What stands out to you, Patrick, about how the defense, how much better the defense is playing and why? And, and part of that also is I wonder if it's um, affecting your game in a, in a positive way too.
10: Yeah, I mean, I think the last, I mean, ever since pretty much the second half of the Tennessee game, those guys have been playing better. Um, we, it got lost because the offense wasn't playing very well, that we were winning games because of the defense, and so people are so used to our offense kind of going out there and putting up these numbers. Um, but I would say it every week when I was right here at the podium, like, you get, don't lose how good our defense is playing. And to go up against an offense like that, um, that has put up so many yards, so many scores and touchdowns, and then to shut it down, I mean, that, that's impressive. And so for us as offense, when you, get in, when you get in these kind of funks that we kind of did in that second half, we know if we just can just grind it out, get field goals, try to find a way to get a touchdown, then we're going to win the football game. The right yeah, NFL's Patrick.
6: next-gen stat says that that interception that went through Kelsey's hands was the sixth one you've had this season that was a 75% chance you're better of actually being completed.
10: Have there just been some of these plays this year you just put your arms up and you're just kind of figuring out how in the world did these things happen to you? It's a, it's a heck of a stat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, but I mean, it, it's part of the game. I've been lucky enough that I've had these turnover-worthy plays that yeah. haven't got picked off, too. So, uh, uh, I think you just go out, you go and play, interception happens. Uh, you move on to the next play, and that's how I've always rolled. And I'm gonna keep firing. I mean, when you're firing to a guy like Travis Kelsey, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't drop the football. I mean, I, I, if I put the ball a little bit up in front of him, he probably makes that catch and splits a couple people. So uh, it, it's a, it's a combination of two things: it's me not putting it in the right spot, and then it just getting unlucky there at the end. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm excited about it because we're still not playing our best football, and we're we're sitting here seven and four. Um, at least a half game up on, on the uh, AFC West. Um, and, and you go into the bye week knowing you're going to play a lot of divisional uh, opponents coming up. Um, so everything's right in front of us. Um, we can be better, especially offensively. The defense can continue to get better and better each and every week. Um, and to, to be where we started, to where we're at now, um, and still not even playing our best football, um, I would take that every time. Patrick, I yeah. moment for uh, Trey
5: Smith? What, what was your message for him when he came off? the field after that, that
10: season? Yeah, I mean, he's like the quietest guy, so I don't know how. How he ended up saying something that that got him in trouble, but uh, you, I mean, you, you, you have to kind of teach him that you can't. I mean, if you're gonna say something, say it under your breath at least. Don't let that, don't let the, anyone hear it. Um, but uh, you love having the mentality that he has that he wants to be great. He wants to continue to be. He was more. I think he's probably mad at himself as much as he was mad at anything else. Um, and so um, for for him, he'll learn from that. I mean, I, I highly doubt it happens again, but. I mean, I want him finishing every single play and playing the way he's played this entire season. Patrick,
3: you talked about where you guys were earlier and where you are now. Are you all surprised at how quickly this thing has turned around, the extent to which it seems to
10: have turned around? Not not necessarily. I mean, we just kind of put it, we're just going to take it week by week. Um, we're going to get better and better each and every week this year. Um, we lost some games close early that we, we probably should have won if we had to find ways to finish. Um, and then we took some, took some big lumps and, and had some big losses that we don't usually have here. but. I think you have those leaders in this room that we kind of went back to the drawing board, went back to the fundamentals, um, and decided to take it week by week, go through the process, trust in the coaching staff, and, and we're sitting here now with uh, everything in front of us, so we just got to keep that same mindset.
3: Uh, Patrick, uh, a couple things. Number one, it looked like after the option play, you guys came over to the bench and Coach Biennemi was excited about that. Well, tell us, take us through that play
2: with the old-school option that uh, to Clyde
10: yeah, he was. He so he wasn't excited. He was very. He's very upset at first, and he got over there. And we'd already talked to Clyde. I mean, obviously Clyde knew that he probably shouldn't have done it, and they're really it's really high of emphasis on the taunting right now. And he came over there, and we'd already talked to Clyde. Clyde knew, and so he started getting mad, and then we started hyping him up, and it, it made him start laughing. And it's hard to break him. It's hard to break with him even whenever he's in that moods, but. Uh, it kind of, kind of, it's kind of what we do, man. We just, we all, we all love each other and want to be better together. And
6: before the game, I saw you down there on the bench. You guys are watching Red Zone,
1: right? It's up on the Jumbotron. You're seeing these scores happen around the league. What does that do for you before the
10: game
2: to look up and you see these teams on the top of their division struggling?
10: Yeah, I mean, I think that's been this entire season. I mean, there's been a lot of ups and downs for everybody, um, and so. We, we know that we have to go in with the mindset every single week if we have to be our best. And if we're not our best, we have to find a way to, to continue to get better and try to find a way to get a win. And I think you've seen that this season. We've had games where we've put up a lot of points and played really good. Fed games that we haven't, and we still found a way to get a win. Um, it's, a, it's a team game in this sport, and it's not the same as it's been these last few years. Um, but when you play as a team and you find a way to win these tough tough, adverse games, um, I mean, that's when you have those special teams, and I'm excited for the, the rest of the season. Patrick, we'll be in
6: the Patrick you mentioned you, you want to improve the offense and what will be after the bye week. In what ways do you think you guys could, could be a little bit better in the final stretch for the six game?
10: Yeah, I think when you get in those third, medium areas where the teams are kind of playing that man-thief coverage, just finding uh, ways to, to beat that. I mean, most, a lot of teams are playing it to us, so we have to be better there. Uh, we kind of stop the self-inflicted wounds, if it's the holding or if it's the interceptions or the fumbles or whatever that is. Um, whenever we don't have those, we usually drive the ball and, and score, or at least get in range to, to kick a field goal. So, um, just execution on that part. Um, and then uh, finding ways to, to, to beat uh, beats, beat some coverages that have kind of given us some funks here and there uh, throughout the season. But uh, at least you know what they're going to play, so you can try to find a ways during this bye week.
5: You talked about the lumps earlier in the year. I'm sure you saw the comments, the Chiefs are broken, Patrick Mahomes is broken, now four-game winning streak. Uh, you go into the bye week on a high note. What's your message to those who said that?
10: Yeah, I mean, we still, there's still a long ways to go. Um, obviously, I knew we were never broken as a team. We have too many good players, too many, too many special guys on this team that, that go through the process, uh, even, even when they're bad times or good times. Um, but uh, we're still early in the season. I mean, I know we've kind of got to that second half, but our goal is to, to, be, to be on top at the end of the season. It's not to, to win the regular season, but you have to go through that process of every single day of being better, winning that week, to to be a great team. And um, I think uh, we're going to try to do that. And uh, at the end of the year, we'll figure out what we need to say then.
2: There's Patrick Mahomes. By the way, the Chiefs not broken. Maybe the Buffalo Bills are broken. And by the way, the Chargers up 27 to 20 now on the Steelers. This was 27 to 13, Cream Dog. But a blocked punt and a touchdown from the Steelers have this as a seven-point game right now. The Broncos, as we mentioned, had their bye week. Uh, so they didn't lose. Uh, the Raiders did lose to the Cincinnati Bengals today. Um, other news and notes from the Chiefs mentioned some of the things in the streaks. Travis Kelsey, most consecutive games with the reception for the Chiefs, 121. Tony Gonzalez, the only one with more, 131 straight games as a Chief from December 4th, 2000 through December 28, 2008. By the way, most consecutive games uh, with the reception, active streak. Going on right now in the NFL, Antonio Brown with 142, DeAndre Hopkins 134, Julio Jones 133, Travis Kelsey 121, Jarvis Landry with 116, rounding out the top five. Other scores in the NFL today, the Colts all over the Bills 41 to 15. This Colts team I thought could be dangerous. Again, Jonathan Taylor, I think he's the best running back in the NFL. They blew that 16-point lead to the Ravens. This is what keeps happening for the Ravens, Kramer. It took a Justin Tucker 66-yard field goal to beat the Lions. So the Lions couldn't get their first victory of the season. They've been skating by. Seven wins for the Ravens. How tough do you think this team is going to be when it gets to the postseason? The Browns uh, beat the Lions 13-10 to today. The Texans in the real surprise. Go to Tennessee. Knock off the Titans 22-13. The Vikings beat the Packers 34-31. The Dolphins 24, the Jets 17, the Eagles 40-29 over the Saints. Remember when the Chiefs beat the Eagles? Ah, it's just the Eagles. Well, the Eagles have been winning games in Washington. They win again. Four wins now for Washington football team, 27-21 to over Cam Newton in the Carolina Panthers. The 49ers figuring things out. They've got five wins but they beat the Jaguars. So how much do you have figured out? They win 30 to 10 over that. The Bengals, as I mentioned 32 to 13 over the Raiders. The Chiefs, 19 to 9 over the Cowboys. The Cards without Kyler Murray win the game 33 to 13 over the Seahawks. Uh this past Thursday, the Patriots blanked the Falcons 25 to nothing. And Monday night, Giants and Bucks. How do the Giants have so many Monday night games, Crame Dog? I'm guessing it's the market. I, I honestly do not know. Giants at the Bucks. Tom Brady. <laughs> Giants. How do, how do they always get the shaft from playing football?
10: I mean, it's, you know,
2: they're going to start that flexing things on Monday night, but uh, I, I just don't get it.
10: I mean, usually the Giants is the kryptonite to Tom Brady anyway, so I mean.
2: Yeah, I don't know what it is, but as far as the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I thought the quote of the night came from Andy Reid when he was talking about Melvin Ingram.
7: To get 24 in there I think is, is a nice thing, nice addition. He brings a certain energy to the group, a veteran you know, player. All the guys respected him, welcomed him in. Not that he's playing every snap, but he's playing quite a bit. And, and you know, he's strong at the point and does some nice things. But I think it upped everybody's game. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think happened. And guys, are, we're back, we're healthy there, and uh, and that matters when you can line up that lineup that we're we're doing.
2: You know what, a trade line addition, Melvin Ingram. If he can make everybody better, that that's a good thing. And I've seen him do that with Jaron Reed at this point. I like Chris Jones on the inside. He's been dominant. Great game by Chris Jones. Get that gets that fumble recovery, tip pass to LeJarius Steed. Ended up picking off the three and a half sacks. Everybody can get Big Macs now. Kramer, I might just go buy three or four of them. How about three and a half? You can have the other half. I'll, I'll take I'll take that half. Oh, by the way, uh, was that Austin Eckler scoring again? Yep, yeah, fourth touchdown of the night. Fourth for him. He's on your fantasy team, right? Yes, I'm happy. So the Chargers back up 33 to 20 on the Steelers. 8:48 left in the fourth quarter. On this, Chiefs had the bye week. They're already a relatively healthy team as it is. Chance to get healthier again. Andy Reid, twenty-six and five after by regular season and postseason since he's been a head coach. Denver Broncos up next for the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead, followed by the Raiders at Arrowhead again for the next six games against the AFC West. Where Andy Reid is thirty-two and six against this division since two thousand fifteen. Thanks for Josh Klingler, Chief sideline reporter for joining us. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com for joining us. Thank you, Kramer, for producing the operation. Good night, everybody.